I am gonna speak to you this morning a message that that's kind of a different Father's Day message than maybe you've heard before, but I actually think it's going to be really, really important for us. I wanna attack something. How many of you guys have heard me speak? Um, I've done probably four or five messages in the last year that dealt with some of the backwards thinking that the church has had throughout the years when it comes to women. Anyone heard any of those messages that I've done? And, um, and what they can and cannot do in the church and all of the nonsense that's out there. Um, if you're watching with us live at home, um, you can go back and check some of those out. But I've done, a, I've really uh, concentrated because women, believe it or not, in church culture have been a, a disenfranchised group or a group who has been disadvantaged because of their gender throughout history. And so we went through the story of Jesus, a couple of different examples, three or four examples of Jesus, where it's pretty clear that Jesus was sending a message that was opposite of culture when it came to women and their vital importance to the spreading of the gospel. We talked about how that uh, it was a woman that was the first evangelist who was sent out to, with the gospel. It was a woman that he revealed himself to uh, at the tomb of Mary Magdalene, which we're gonna talk about in a bit. We talked about many different examples. Mary and Martha was one that I got into. Um, and I, I wanted, to, I wanted to, to kind of revisit that from a totally different perspective. Because really what I've been attacking in some of those messages is the misogyny um, that we find inherently in a male-dominated church culture. And so I've been going after that. And some of you men in the building, there, or maybe men that no longer come to church here, may have been like, hey, okay, pastor, like, slow your roll a little bit. Feels like you're making us the enemy. It's never been my intention um, at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I identify along with you as a man, as male, so that's not a, not, that's not, wouldn't be conducive for me to attack men in general. But what I want you to understand is that anytime something is unhealthy for one group of people, it's really unhealthy for all group of people. Because if one part of our body of humanity is hurting, then really we're all hurting. And men, I wanna actually show you something today that's going to encourage you, and I'm gonna get really, really real with you. Because I believe that misogyny, a male, an older term would be like kind of a male chauvinist type persona, is not just detrimental to women, to our daughters, it's actually detrimental to us too. The misogyny of what it looks like for men to be superior, for men to be dominant, for men to be um, you know, more cerebral, for men to be all of these things that we hear out there, um, doesn't just hurt women, it hurts us. And it doesn't just hurt us because it hurts women. It hurts us because we have essentially built our own cage. 
I know you guys are giving me this, this makes no sense face. I'm glad you're doing that. Misogyny, the word, comes from a combination of two Greek words, misane, which means to hate, and G-Y-N-E, you can pronounce it any type you want, but it's where a gynecologist comes from, the word, um, which means woman. So it means to hate women. And I, I, I got to thinking about this the other day, and I was like, I bet you that men that are more prone to having these extreme ideas, and I don't believe there are any in this room, about men versus women, probably also it's detrimental to their well-being and health too. And I actually looked up some studies. This is not some study done by some kid in high school. This, there was a national study done with over 20,000 men evaluated. That's a huge sample size of men. And it said this. It said, despite increasing gender equality, misogynistic attitudes among certain men remain. These attitudes are concerning by themselves because of their negative impact on women, but they appear to also harm men. As hypothesized, men who held more misogynistic attitudes also had poor mental health outcomes as a whole. It actually affected their own mental health outcomes. And I got to thinking about this for a second. What is it in our culture, the way that we raise our boys, the way that we father or are fathered, that is creating um, detrimental and toxic mental health environments for men. Now, I'm somebody, I'm gonna be real, real with you. I'm, I'm somebody who, I'm a little different. Like, I can fit in with the manly men, as we call them, and I can fit in with a group of 20 women shopping in the mall for eight hours and get along great in either scenario. I can shoot a gun and skin a deer, or I can do someone's makeup. Now, it's weird. I know, I didn't make me, okay? Take it up with him. I'm just excited to help somebody decorate their house as I am to go paintballing and whatever. Amen. I've, I've actually learned that I get to define what it looks like for me to be a man. I know that's right. Do you know why? Because society's definition of what it looks like for me to be a man doesn't actually allow me to be fully me. Oh, Lord, Dan, you're going there to this morning. Yes, I am, and I'm gonna show you how Jesus agrees with me, or I agree with Jesus. And I'm gonna say this to you. I'm walking out here. Oh, my gosh, it's been over a year. And it doesn't allow you to be you either. It doesn't allow you to be the spouse, the friend, the father, that you are capable of being because of the box that culture has put you in. Oh, I'll have tea with my girls, you know, tea with the dolls, as long as the guys aren't around. Then the kids should be seen and not heard. Why? Because that's what my dad would did with me. I can go on and on and on and on with examples. I remember being a kid and I've told this story in church, and, and I was a goalie. To this day, regardless of the shape I am, by the way, I started jujitsu yesterday. 
You laughed. We'll talk later, okay? <laughs> Apparently, humor runs in the family, all right? Um, I started jujitsu yesterday. I have now started jujitsu and I have a tattoo. Do you know how manly I am now? <laughs> Extremely manly, all right? When I got a tattoo, I wasn't actually any more manly <laughs> the next day than I was the day before. I, I, I realized that when I was a kid, I remember being, I was playing soccer and I was the goalie. And I was an athlete and I loved to play sports and I was into it and just like other boys and girls are. Um, my sister will claim she was the athlete of the family. It's debatable. And uh, I remember diving for a ball, somebody stepping on my hand, dislocating a finger, and then kicking me in the face with a cleat. And my dad screaming from the sidelines, get up. <laughs> so they wouldn't score a goal. Get up! And I'm crying. He's saying, you're not hurt. <laughs> now, in all fairness, he also said that to my sister. But... <laughs> This idea of this son, because that's what he knew, and that's what his father knew, and that's what his father knew. This son is what it looks like to be a man. You can't show pain. You can't show that something bothered you. You can't show that something hurt you. How do you think that plays out in relationships later on? Do men have, on average, more testosterone than women biologically? Yes. Not always. Some men have lower testosterone. Some women have higher testosterone. On average, yes. Do they tend to grow bigger and be stronger on average? Yes. Sure. Is there a difference biologically on average? Of course, there's always cases that are different between man and woman. Yes. Absolutely. Not denying any of that. But I remember the first time somebody told me later in life, as I began to develop who I was, hey, you're too sensitive for a guy. It was another man that told me that. Because my sensitivity made him uncomfortable. Do you see where I'm going with this, men? That cultural thing is actually detrimental, not just to the ladies, but it's also detrimental to us. And if you and I, I'm speaking to the men in this building, we're real with each other, like really, really real. Like if I can give you truth serum, you could probably go back and pick 20 or 25 or 30 or 100 or 500 different moments in your life where somebody told you in order to be a man, you need to do something different than what you think you should be doing or what you're feeling in that moment. Remember being in the locker room playing football. Just, I have scriptures to read, but I'm just going to be real with you this morning. I remember being in the locker room playing football, and yeah, I was into girls, and I wanted to do the same thing with girls that they all wanted to do. Do I need to say anything else? But I remember the way they talked, the way they scored, the way they, whoever had slept with the most girls in the most interesting ways was the top of the food chain in the locker room. I was the kicker, so I got to score a lot of points on the field, just to be clear. <laughs> so I was like, well, I score a lot of points. <laughs> Am I cool? Like, yeah, but, you know, this is the fifth girl this week. So that meant you were a man. Breaking hearts, taking names, notching the belt. That's what it looked like to be a man. 
And that might sound great in high school, but eventually that person gets married. Eventually that person is raising other little boys. Eventually that person is raising little girls. And what does it look like? You don't just flip a switch one day and all of that that's been built in and ingrained and imprinted in your mind goes dormant or gets turned off. And now you become Mr. Sensitive, who when your spouse wants to talk about their feelings, you just are so comfortable with it. When your daughter, I have two daughters, I don't have any sons, I have two daughters, and both of them are pretty emotional, you know? Apparently that's kind of okay and normal, right? And I, I've done way better than, than, uh, than um, I have in the past. But there are moments where the two of them, for two different reasons, are reaching high-fevered emotional pitches, and it's with, when they're with me. Um, during the week, and it's just me and them, and they are going for it, and I am like, oh my God. Come on. You know? Can I tell on myself without you guys leaving the church thinking I'm an evil person? I said the word hell in the sentence that included shut the up. My two daughters were going at it in the back seat, fighting, screaming, yelling, upset, emotional. Both of them had things going on, etc. I got so upset two weeks ago, I said, shut the up very loudly. Felt bad about it immediately. Maddie, the sweet six-year-old that she was, waited till the next time we were at my mom and dad's house. <laughs> And she said, Poppy, Bama, six. They're like, yes, my dad told me to shut the up. <laughs> they looked at me and they were like, you told our granddaughter to shut the up? I was like, it was an accident. <laughs> I'm like, that's the excuse she uses when she does something wrong. It was an accident. Right? We, we are fighting as men against the very imprint and design of culture and upbringing and society in order for us to be good fathers, good brothers, good sons, good spouses. We're fighting against that. And I, I got to thinking about it. It's because we have actually put gender identity and roles over a priority over just being human. It's more important to be manly if you're a man or to act like a lady if you're a girl than it is to be a decent human. And if being a man in a moment goes against being a decent human, we normally side with the being a man part because that takes priority in our culture over being a decent human. So I was gonna call this message the invisible man and I'll tell you why through these scriptures here in a moment but instead I call it the invisible human. That's the title of my message today because I actually want us to get back to being human and sure you might have some male characteristics and some things because of the way you're designed biologically and all of that, that quote unquote appear to be manly, but what would it look like if you and I, men in this building, actually just were who we were? And we weren't concerned with being men, we were just concerned with being decent human beings, good spouses, good fathers, good brothers, good sons, good, uh, good on our jobs, good colleagues, just good friends. 
I've been around other guys. I, I, for some reason, intimidate, I'm being real with you, intimidate men. And it ain't because, I mean, right? Like, I know I'm tall, but that's about it. Like, I don't get around men that are like, I better not say anything cross to me because he's going to whoop me. I've only had one jujitsu class, guys. You're safe, all right? I intimidate men because I'm just let myself be different, be who I am. And they immediately start being like, man, I ain't into that. I ain't up to that. Like, into what? Because I said, I said to your, your friend that I thought that if they put this color curtains up that it would look better. You're not into that? What did I do? Did I ask you to like jump off a bridge naked? What's going on here? What is going on here? I'm the man I ain't into that. Into what? That girly stuff. Curtains? Do you have curtains? Do you use curtains? It's okay to comment on the color of the curtains. Do you understand how toxic that becomes? Probably everybody in this church knows, and if you don't, sorry. Uh, but uh, my wife and I have been separated for three years, so I'm a single dad for half of the week. And, um, and I'm not dating anybody, nor am I available, so cool your jets, okay? Uh, I have, <laughs> I, I, I'm a single dad, two, I'm a, I'm a, I know I am. I, I have a sing, I'm a single dad, and when I have my girls, and uh, it's just me and them, I live in Venice, so I'm 30 minutes away from my family, so I can't just like call one of the ladies over to do something. So like, Maddie's graduating from um, kindergarten, like, two weeks ago, and Maddie decides the night before she wants a French braid. Boom, YouTube to the rescue. I watched French braid YouTubes for two hours the night before. I mean, all sorts of techniques. And I promise you, ladies, your fingers were designed to do French braids way easier than ours. When they were like separating the hair and getting like the perfect little strand, mine looked like I blew her hair out with like lightning, okay? But in that moment, I want to be a good dad. Amen. Not a man. I want to be a good dad. I want to be somebody who, when she, at the end of her life, she goes, my dad loved me so much. When she's getting married or she's you know, moving on to college, she goes, my dad loved me so much, I'll never forget the morning. It took him 40 minutes to do a French braid on my hair for my graduation. My girls, when it was time to go dress shopping for their graduations this year, one graduated from kindergarten, one graduated from eighth grade, this guy did it by himself. My daughter, Lainey, went to 10 stores and only tried on two dresses. <laughs> Y'all, I, I, I promise you I'm getting somewhere today. Just relax. I know I don't have a lot of time but I want to read this to you. You'll appreciate this. <laughs> you ready for this? Do I have it in here? I know I do. It doesn't matter. I went to 10 stores with her. We went to Macy's. We went to Aeropostale. We went to American Eagle. We went to Gap. We went to Ann Taylor Loft. We went to Free People. We went to Anthropology. We went to, I'm 10, 10. 
And for eight of them, she just walked through the aisles going like this. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm like, just at least go down the aisle and look through some stuff. I didn't do it like that. I was like, you think you want to just like, maybe just take a peek? Maybe something will work here? <laughs> no? Okay, next door. <laughs> like, you know, like, help me, Lord. Jesus did this, guys. Listen to me. Jesus did this with the woman at the well in Samaria. He was talking to a woman by himself, which you did not do. Women, the Bible was progressive in the Old Testament with uh, Jacob and with Moses and some of them. When, when the Bible said, hey, listen, if you're going to have a baby with a woman, then you should take her as your wife. By the way, she can also still be your slave. These guys had multiple wives who were also their slaves. And that was the right way to do it of the day. Jesus is hanging out with a woman who is literally on the equivalent on the same level as the slaves of the household, who's not just a woman, she's a Samaritan woman, a woman who is like the lowest of the low of the low of society and culture. The Jews hated the Samaritans, the Samaritans hated the Jews. They didn't want the Samaritans watching their children because they thought they couldn't even be nannies because they thought the Samaritans would kill and murder their children. They hated them. Jesus is talking to a woman at the well and giving her rivers of living water, right? He's giving her an exchange in that moment. She says to, she, she actually knew her place or the place that society had put her. And she actually says to Jesus, you want me to draw you water? But I'm a Samaritan woman and you're a Jew. He totally crosses that cultural boundary of what a man was supposed to be and do in that moment. He comes back over his disciples. You know what his disciples say to him? Why are you talking to that woman? That's not what it looked like to be a man of those days. He took a step off his superior manly platform to have a conversation with a Samaritan woman at the well. In the case of Mary and Martha, Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus amongst all men. She shouldn't have been there. In that cultural, culture and society, the women stayed inside. For a woman, or stayed in the kitchen, for a woman to be amongst the men sitting at the feet of a rabbi, the rabbis didn't teach women. The rabbis only taught men. Not only did she have the bravery to sit there amongst them, Jesus wanted those men in the room to say, men, I know you think you know what it looks like to be a man, but here's what it really looks like to be a man. Then, like I said before, by the way, that Samaritan woman, she became not just the first female, the first evangelist and missionary to Samaria. Then Jesus goes, or Jesus is in the tomb. He reveals himself. He has an opportunity to reveal himself to the disciples. He reveals himself to Mary Magdalene, which, like, this would have been one of those cases, guys, where we would have pulled the guy aside. You ever been in one of those huddles? Where you pull the guy aside, and you're like, dude, we need, <laughs> us guys need to talk to you. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? This would have been one of those scenarios. 
It's like, Jesus, we've been rolling with you. We're bros. What happened to bro code? And you decide to reveal yourself to Mary Magdalene? He then says to Mary Magdalene, hey, go tell the disciples. And they didn't believe her. So if you're looking for permission to be yourself and to stop fitting in with the cultural norms of what it looks like to be masculine, Jesus is a great example. He broke every rule of what it looked like to be a man in that society. You know, the first thing that I get when, when I go down this road is people are like, it, this is de demasculating, this is blah, 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 blah. It has nothing to do with that. If you like playing sports or like watching sports, go for it. If you love to, you know, hunt, fish, growl, grunt, don't shower, fix your car, use oil as pomade or whatever on your hair. Like, if you really, really are into that, do it. Do it all. Get tattoos from your buddy down the street. Whatever. Do it. Have fun. Great. If that's what looking But the reality is most guys are kind of like, I'm not actually, like, I've been around watching football with six guys, all of us like hooting and hollering, and then you realize, like, two of them don't even know a single player on the field. And they're just doing it because they're supposed to. Like, stop worrying about what you're supposed to do because, A, it hurts the people around you and it also hurts you. And start being a human being, a decent human being, and be who God created you to be. And it might be the most manly thing you can do on Father's Day is be you. That's the most manly thing. Not grill. Like, it's 11.09, I don't even care. I'm supposed to start the next service in six minutes, but it's Father's Day and I can do what I want because I'm a father. Gosh darn it. Like this whole like men grill and women do the rest. What? Anyone like to grill here? Like there's some women that like to grill. Let them grill. You go inside and chop shallots, okay? It's okay. We can switch sometimes. Any men like to grill? Any men like to cook the rest of the food too? There you go, right there. You're not alone, okay? So when the guys come over, you can do more than grill now. See that? Anybody like, anybody ever been made, any men in this room ever been made fun of because you like to do things that girls like to do? Six of you. Pedicures. Manicures. Now, you ain't, stand up. This is all man right here. Look at those guns. <laughs> And you get manicures and pedicures. I got three daughters. <laughs> Give this man a hand, a fine man manicured hand, okay? Any other men like to do something that's a little girly? You put clear on your nails too far. All right. Anyways. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All man. All right. Anybody else going to fess up? Anybody ever braided their kids hair before? Yeah. What? Come on. Really? We need to be friends. I have an ever-changing body. I need someone to make me clothes constantly. He likes to make clothes. That's awesome. Come on. We need more men clapping on that one, not just the ladies, all right? Anybody else? You. You had one. What is it? You... <laughs> This is a revolution starting right here. Okay, anyone else? 
Something besides pedicures is getting a little crazy with pedicures. Anybody who does nails, this is a gold mine, this church. If you're watching online, send me a BOGO. We'll get it going here. All right? Anybody else? Any men in the building like to do something that's considered a little girly? Like lots of hair product? Any, any men like to shop? Yeah? Yeah. All right. What'd you say? I love it when they shop. Oh, my heavens. Lord, the ladies are getting worked up. This is going the wrong direction, Uncle Dave. Yes. So my wife just got me, uh, this year she got me uh, face cream. First of all, listen to that voice. Isn't that the most manly voice you've ever heard? He's like, yo, I, my wife, give me a... She got me face creams. You know, she's always taking care of her face. So she wanted me to not have no wrinkles as I get older. I'm 54, right? Lose a few pounds. I look pretty sexy, right? So that's what she got me. She got me face cream, man. For Father's Day? Yeah, like eye cream, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think that's ridiculous. And I want to make this very clear. I am not, and I repeat, I am not a diamond member at Ulta. You understand me? I am not a diamond, not platinum, you little wimps at platinum. I am not a diamond member at Ulta. Do you understand me? If you go there and use my phone number, you will not see that I'm diamond there, okay? Y'all, this has been fun. Dads, have a great day. I hope you get a chance to rest, get to be with your family, realize how much you're loved and valued. And I hope this year, instead of you worrying about what it looks like to be a man, that all of us take an opportunity to just be ourselves and enjoy our lives and enjoy those around us. It will make you better than you ever imagined. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. Happy Father's Day. See you soon.